Pray for this service today and tonight. Be with us and help us, God. Help us to put you first in every situation. Thank you for it, God. Thank you for it, God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
Allen is at the offering pan here in the center. So if you would, bring your offering at this time. Glory. to be in church this morning. It's good to want to be in church. And I remember reading, I believe the Apostle Paul, if I'm not mistaken, was in in jail and uh, for his faith. And he wrote, I'm not sure, I don't remember exactly if it was to Timothy or Titus or one of them. He said, when you come to see me, he said, uh, bring my coat. And the parchment. He said, now if you don't have room for the coat and the parchment, he said, forget the coat, but bring, bring the Bible is what, what he was talking about. And, and that's how important the Word of God is in worshiping God, being faithful to God. That's how important it is. It, it, it exceeds, it goes far beyond our Creature comforts. I'm sure that Paul was cold and he could have used uh, a coat and would have made it more comfortable. But he said, if you can't bring the coat, bring the Bible. And so we're in a situation today. Do we want creature comforts or do we want eternal security from God? For my part... I'm going to take what God has to offer. Because people that are trusting in man, they're getting the virus just like people that aren't trusting. People with the worldly goods and finding a place to go to buy groceries, buy gas, buy liquor, whatever, they do that. And they count that more important. They're, they're too afraid to come to the house of God in a time of uh, uh, chaos and a time of uh, problems like we're having today. But, you know, I cast my lot with the chosen few a long time ago. And it doesn't matter. I, I try not to get too high and I try not to get too low. I try to stay consistent in my walk with God. There's times when I have to ask God for His His forgiveness of my failures, and there's times when I have to, when I'm privileged to praise God and thank Him for whatever accomplishments that He's allowed me to have. But I try to stay consistent and living for God, and I thank Him for it this morning, and I count it a privilege to be in the house of God today. And I thank God for the privilege of coming to his house. And more than that, I thank God for a desire to be in the house of God. God bless you is our prayer this morning. Hallelujah. If you would, let's all stand. Brother Luther's going to come at this time. And let's help him preach. Preach to us. Praise the Lord, everybody. How many is glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Good to be in church. So thankful for God's goodness, His mercy, His blessings, His love, and His kindness, allowing us to come to His house to worship, to praise, and to glorify His great name. We're serving a great God today. Amen. We're serving a great God today. And He has never done us anything but good. 
He's not done us anything but good. In the good times, He's good. In the bad times, He's good. In the in-between times, He's good. He's just good and He can't be bad. He's just a good God. Amen, amen, amen. God's a lot like grandkids. They're good and they just can't be bad. And uh, I am... uh, I am thankful today for God's goodness and His mercy and His blessings, allowing us to be in the house of the Lord, to come and to worship and to praise Him. I know this is a very uh, troublesome time. It's a very confusing hour that we're living in today. And uh, there's never been a time in our lives like we are living in right now. And uh, I don't think any of us um, have ever experienced anything quite like we are experiencing today. And uh, in these troubled times, I'll let you sit down shortly, but you'll be sitting down for an hour and a half or so after this. But uh, in these troublesome times, I'm glad that we have a Savior that is a steady anchor that we can trust in, that we can hold on to when the storms of life are blowing, that we still have that anchor that's never going to move. He's a rock that does not move. He is a steady force in our lives. And I trust in Him today, and I put my confidence in Him. There's a lot of things that we need to pray for today, and I pray that You all took time uh, yesterday at 11 o'clock to spend some time in prayer, talking to God and asking God for His divine intervention in the situation that we are facing today. But I would like us to pray uh, for our local government, and uh, they're under a lot of pressure right now trying to make decisions. I'd like us to pray for every church, every apostolic church, that God would give every minister direction and help and instruction from God. I spent a sleepless night last night concerned about direction to go, and everybody thinks that I just jump into this and I do it, and there's never, uh, I don't worry about consequences, I don't worry about public opinion, I do worry about that. And I am concerned about that. But my main concern is what God thinks of me. And I want to feel after the Holy Ghost and I want to follow after God and uh, this church. I am concerned about what this church thinks of me as your pastor. And uh, But I, I just got to tell you God is first and I just got to do what I feel like God leads me to do. And I do not know at this point what the direction or the order of service will be uh, this week or next weekend. Uh, there'll be more information on that coming. And uh, I, I am really um, just, I don't know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just uh, trying to make decisions. And I, I uh, covet your prayers. And uh, everybody's under a lot of pressure, and uh, our world's under a lot of pressure, and uh, our health workers and our county officials are under a lot of pressure. Our business owners are under a lot of pressure, and uh, every American is under a lot of pressure wondering what tomorrow will hold and how long the jobs will hold out and uh, all of these different things. But I want us to take our community to the Lord in prayer. I want us to take this local community and uh, the rest of the state and this, this country and then the entire world that God would help us and strengthen us. I've talked to a lot of pastors in the last few days trying to feel and trying to get direction and, and, uh, it seems like the more I question, and the more I talk, the more confused I get. And uh, But I do feel like the Lord has given me a message for today. And uh, I guess this message is for me as well as you today. 
And uh, all of you that are listening on the internet, turn it off if you're planning on coming here at 10.30 because you're going to hear the same thing. And um, so let's go to the Lord in prayer right now and ask God for His help, for His divine intervention and His leading and guiding and directing hand. God, we're depending on You. Our faith, our confidence, our trust, and our hope is in You. God, I pray in Your precious name, Savior, that You would help our leaders of this community. I pray, God, that You would help the leaders of this state. I pray, God, that You would help the leaders of our country and the world leaders today. I pray, God, that You would help every apostolic church and every apostolic pastor and minister. God, that we would make the right decisions and do the right things, God. That we would fulfill Your purpose, that we would be concerned about what You think far above anything else, God, in public opinion. I want to do the right thing for our community. I want to do the right thing for our church, God. I want to do the right thing for You because You are the one that's ultimately in control of everything. And I pray for Your divine help today, God. I pray that You would move in this service this morning, God. I pray that You would anoint me to preach Your Word like You would have me to. I pray, God, that You would anoint every household that has this turned on right now. Lord, in Your precious name, I pray for the moving and the power of the Holy Ghost. And everybody said, in Jesus' name, Amen. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Rejoice unto God and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Lift your voice unto the Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. I praise you. I praise you. I worship you, God. And I magnify your great name. We welcome everybody. If you have your Bibles, turn to Galatians chapter number 5. And also Thessalonians chapter number 2. Galatians chapter number 5. And Second Thessalonians chapter number 2. We welcome everyone that's joined us on the internet, all the church members. Greetings in the name of Jesus. I pray that everyone is doing well. And uh, we are trying to make contact with everyone uh, through the week and check on everybody and make sure everything is doing well. That uh, we miss everyone being able to be in church. I'm ready for things to get back to normal, whatever the new normal may be, and I pray for a speedy recovery for all of those who are fighting this virus that has contacted this, and I pray for God's protection over all of us that have not contacted this, that He would build a wall of protection about us. I ask you today, if you are in your homes, if you would, uh, kindly uh, just participate like you're in the house of God today. Uh, if you have your hat on, take your hat off. If you got your Bible, open your Bible. If you don't have your Bible, go get your Bible. It should be there close to you if you're in your home. And uh, if you feel like amening over the in your home, you ought to do that. Get your family together today and uh, have them there with you and let's participate in church together. Even though you are not here, I can feel your support and uh, the love, and I can feel the amens vibrating through the spirit waves today. Galatians chapter number 5, verse number 1. The Bible says, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of, of bondage. Second Thessalonians chapter number two, chapter number two of Second Thessalonians, verse number fifteen. Therefore, brethren, stand fast. Everybody say, stand fast. Stand fast and hold. Everybody say, hold. Hold. What does it say next? The traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle. And hold the traditions which ye have been taught, whether by word or epistle. Put your Bibles down. If you're in your house, 
I wish you would stand right now, lift your hands toward heaven, and let's pray together. God, I pray, Lord, that you would touch our minds, touch our hearts, touch our spirits today. Move in our lives, move in our souls today. Draw us near to you. Hide me behind the cross today, God, as I deliver your word that you have given to me. I pray for the divine anointing and unction of the Holy Ghost right now. Lead me and guide me and direct me. Anoint the ears, the hearts, the spirits of your people to hear your word. Move in our lives here in this church today. Move in every home right now. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Clap your hands one more time unto the Lord before you are seated. Amen. Lord bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach to you for the next few moments from this subject. And it's kind of odd, but I just feel like this is what the Lord laid on my heart. And uh, I want to do my best to give it to you the way the Lord has given it to me. I've been praying this week and and uh, trying to get the words that would help us and the words that we all need today. And uh, I just felt the other night I was laying in the bed and the Lord just dropped this thought on my mind. And uh, I... I got my phone and I wrote it down because sometimes when I don't write things down in my notes, um, they seem to pass from my memory. Like this morning, I walked up here without my glasses and uh, I could not could not see without them. So if all of you seen me giving my wife this look, that meant go get my glasses out of my office. But the Lord kind of impressed me of this thought and this is it. When I don't know what to do, I do what I know to do. When I don't know what to do, I do what I know to do. Now, I know that's not a proper English term, proper, a proper English term, but it's just what I feel like talking to you about. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse number 15, the commentary tells us there are two things we must do to obtain the glory of God and to be saved. The commentary, which many of them uh, did not know the truth, the oneness of God, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, a lot do not even believe that, so I take a commentary for what it is worth. Some of it I agree with, some I just look at it, and that's what it is, the opinions of men. But I was reading this, and this kind of stood out to me. And Dake says this, that there are two things that must be done to obtain glory. Number one, according to 2 Thessalonians 2, 14 and 15 The first thing you have to do is stand fast. You have to stand fast. And then he says this, that the second thing that you must do, according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 15, and then over in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number, I'm sorry, chapter 3 and verse number 6, it says the second thing is hold The true doctrines. Hold on to the true doctrines. You cannot forsake the true doctrines. You cannot stop standing fast. It's something that we must work on continually. And then you've got to hold on to the doctrine that was delivered unto the church. And he says this. I found this very interesting. He says... It is folly to talk about coasting into heaven without meeting the terms of the gospel. One must not only be called, but he must remain faithful to that call. So I find that very interesting that someone that does not even know the truth such as we do says, you cannot coast in 
to heaven. You're not going to go to sleep here in the world and wake up and say, in heaven and say, how in the world did I get here? I am so shocked and surprised. Everybody that goes to heaven is going to go to heaven because that is the most important thing in their life. Uh, I go to a lot of funerals. I preach a lot of funerals. And then I attend a lot of funerals. I've come to find out that pretty much all you've got to do to be saved and go to heaven is die. All you got to do is die. And then automatically, it doesn't matter if you was a drunk. It doesn't matter if you beat your wife. It doesn't matter if you slapped your husband around. It doesn't matter if you run around on each other. Whatever, whatever is forgiven. And when you die, you're the greatest person in the world. And so maybe all of those who disagree with me having church today, when I die, you'll say, you know, boy, that was a good guy. He stood in the midst of trouble. But anyway, I, there, there is a lot, a lot of, a lot of misconceptions about going to heaven. And uh, I'm here to tell you today that everybody's not going. It did not say in the book that heaven hath enlarged herself, but I read in the book that it says hell hath enlarged herself without measure. Because it's quite evident that there's more going to the other place than there is going to heaven. So how do I get there? You stand fast. You stand true. You stand strong. You stand committed. You stand faithfully. And you hold on to the doctrine. You cannot let the doctrine slip away from you. What doctrine? The doctrine that was handed to us from the very beginning of time. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That there is still only one way to be saved. That is repentance, water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and then the infilling of the Holy Ghost. You've got to love it. You've got to live it. You've got to protect it. You've got to defend it. You've got to hold fast to that doctrine. Amen. Amen. Ephesians chapter number 6 tells us, it tells us about the whole armor of God. And I don't want to go through the whole armor of God. I know we have heard this many, many, many times before. But I want to move quickly and get to my point. And, but there is, there is something here that I want to take out of the scripture. The last, the last phrase of verse number 13. And the first phrase of verse number 14. It says, and having done all to stand. Stand therefore. When you've done all you can to stand, what do you do then? When you don't know what to do, you do what you know to do. You just keep on standing. There is things that are taught us that becomes our natural instincts. How many has natural instincts? Now they tell us that we're not to uh, rub our eyes and we're not to rub our nose and we're to keep our hands away from our face. And um, But you know, I have a natural instinct. That is just rub my nose. It just, I can, I can think about it and it starts itching. I cannot think about it and it itches. It's just a natural instinct that was handed down to my, from my mother. And I inherited that. I guess it's some kind of Tourette's or something. I don't know. But whatever it is, it's just a natural instinct. It's a natural instinct to us when we go up to somebody to greet them and shake their hand. In Pentecost, it's a natural instinct to say, hey, my brother, and hug their neck. That's just what we have been taught from the very day of our birth into the church. That you shake hands. The other day, I was out 
riding my bicycle and I met a group of guys that, that I ride with occasionally and one guy said, man, said, I've heard about you. I've, I've seen your bike at the bike shop. Said, I'm glad to meet you. And he stuck his hand out before I could even think about it. I shook his hand. He said, whoops, said, I guess we should not have done that. And it's just a natural instinct. It's a way of greeting. It's, I, I believe it is the Orientals that it's just, just like this. And maybe we need to start doing that. And uh, how, how, how? And whatever. But whatever, that's, uh, that may be native Indian language there. But whatever it is, it becomes a natural instinct to us. What, what does instinct really mean? And it just simply means a natural impulse. Boy, is that deep today? A natural impulse, an inclination, or a tendency, a natural attribute, or a gift. Some people are just naturally gifted to make money. I was naturally gifted to spend money. And I married a lady that was naturally gifted to spend money. And I had kids that was our genes that grew up naturally gifted to spend money. I hope they can all find a man that is naturally gifted of making money. Now, Nathaniel's doing pretty good, but he don't like to spend money at all. So that, that, that just causes a conflict which reverts back to me. That it's easier to get it from daddy than it is husband. So, that's the way that, that ball bounces. But there are natural powers that has been given to people. That is what instinct means. That when I, when I think about this, I think about, uh, military and how that military are trained. And, uh, they are trained of how to do things. And a lot of, a lot of things is, is, uh, looking at it from our viewpoint does not seem like it's, um, it's very important. It's, uh, it's just, uh, just silly things that they do. And, and, uh, I, I remember talking to Brother Randy one time. He was telling me about one of his military exploits and, and, uh, he had gotten trouble about something and, and the commander come and told him, he said, I want you to take this toothbrush and scrub the stairs on this ship. And Brother Randy looked at him and he said, well, I'll do it, but I think it's stupid. He said, that was very stupid. And, uh, he never, he never, uh, replied to anything such as that again with those, those words. But they trained them and they trained them how to Maneuver their weapons. How many has ever been to the changing of the guard? That's, that is very impressing the way they do that and the way they can handle their weapon and the way they, they check their weapon and the way they look at it and, and, and really they do it and don't ever even really look at it with their eyes, but they're doing it all because they have practiced till it's become a natural instinct to them. They practice assembling and disassembling their gun. They practice loading and unloading their gun. They practice putting it up, taking it out, sleeping with it, carrying it. They do all of this to where they can do it with their eyes closed, put their gun together with their eyes closed, because sometime you're going to be in the dark and you just got to do what you know and have been trained to do. They go and they sleep in the desert. And they hike through the desert for no purpose and no reason. There's not an enemy out there. Their own, their own, uh, uh, American soul. But they're sleeping out under the stars. They're walking through the desert. They walk so long without water, without food. Why? Because they are trying to build within these military soldiers. A, an instinct that when they are in a situation and they don't know what to do, they just refer to what they have been taught and they just continue to do and work by instinct of what they have been taught 
to do. Amen. Uh, I, I read a book. Well, really, I cheated. I didn't read the book. I let somebody else read it to me. And uh, I listened to it while I was traveling. And it's called The Lone Survivor. And I must clarify, I did not watch the movie. I read or listened to the book. And so I, I was listening to that. It's very interesting. And I listened to how uh, they were uh, against all odds. And then they would fall back and they were working. And the long survivor, uh, he, he talks about this of just working off a of pure instinct of things that he had been trained, that he thought that he would never use, the things that he thought uh, would never come into play into his life. He was just trained, and when he was in combat, and he didn't know what to do, he just automatically started working and doing what he was naturally trained to do. I, I, I was listening to a story, a, a murder story, true murder story, and it tells a story about a man and his wife, a very sad, sad situation, that it was their son that murdered them. But he went in and brutally murdered them in the middle of the night. He took an axe and it was so brutal, they said it was the most bloody, goriest thing that they had ever seen. And uh, they, uh, he chopped them till just like there was nothing left. The axe buried it in his father's skull. And then he died. Naturally, he died. But after he died, they found a blood trail. Now, they was trying to discover how this happened. There was a blood trail where a bloody hand unlocked the door, opened the door, went out to the paper box, and got the paper and brought the paper back in and the man collapsed on the floor when he brought the paper back in. They were trying to figure out how did this man with the injuries to death was able to do such a thing and they discovered there's a part of your brain even when you are dead that is still referring back to previous memories of what you have trained yourself to do over and over and over through repetition that this man, even though he was dead, now I know this is weird, but this is what they said, and they told it for the truth. Now, you can Google it, whatever you want to do. I'm sure you can find the story. And uh, But they they said that, even after he was dead, that part of his brain was still functioning till he actually walked out the door, unlocked the door, turned the knob, went out and got the paper because he had done it day after day after day after day after day for years and years and years and years till it was just a natural instinct to him is that's just what he did every morning and he was still able to draw from that I want to tell you today we are living in troubled times we are living in a time and a place that we have never been this way before we have never seen what we are seeing today now previously some of our forefathers have experienced some of these things but we have not experienced it. But I want to tell you, even in this troublesome time, when we don't know what to do, we just do what we know to do. Amen. When we don't know what to trust in, we just continue to trust in what we know to trust in. Amen. Amen. We all know them and call them the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But could I refer to them not just as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but instead of children, could I refer to them as the three Hebrew men? That in Daniel chapter 3, it tells us a story how the great king decided that he would raise up a God. 
This God was bigger and greater than any God before. This God was made out of the finest material. This God was made uh, by the finest craftsmen. And He set this God up in the plains. And He gathered all of His people together and said, When you hear the sound of the music, I want you to bow down and worship this God. Amen. I think about these three Hebrew young men. They were in a strange country. They had been taken captive. They had been shown different things of life. God had elevated them in wisdom and integrity. But they had been taught from a young child the Shema that hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Back in Israel, they had been taught, you don't bow down and you don't worship any graven image. Thou shalt not set any other God before you, even though in a strange country, even though hearing the strange, eerie sound of the music that was telling them to bow, these three Hebrew young men decided, hey, I remember what I was taught. I know mama's not here. I know daddy's not here. I know the priest is not here. But I know that there is a God that is still watching us, that there is a God that is still looking at us, and when I don't know what to do, I'm just going to revert back to doing what I know to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 4. The Bible said, the Bible said, write it upon your doorpost. Amen. Put it as frontless between your eyes. Amen. Put it in your heart. Teach it to your children. And I'm sure as those boys out there on that plane looked at that God, there was an old familiar sound of Mama saying, Son, it doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter how high you get in. Oh, I feel like preaching now. It doesn't matter how high you get in life. It doesn't matter what position you have in life. Amen. When you get over there and you think nobody's watching. Amen. Be careful to remember there's only one God. There's only one God. Don't bow down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. It doesn't matter how plenteous the, the, the money is. It doesn't matter how big the house is. Don't forget, God comes first. God is more important. God's more important than my status symbol. God's more important than my family. God's more important than my job. God's more important than my life. God means everything. Amen. As they played the music, somebody, there's always somebody to tell on you. Amen. There's always somebody to tell on you. And they came and they told King Nebuchadnezzar, Oh, King, those Hebrews that you've pinned up in the high place, they're not, they're not bowing. Amen. Why wasn't you bowing with your head to the ground and you couldn't have been looking around? If I was Nebuchadnezzar, that's what I would want answered. How do you know? How could you see if you were bowed down worshiping? 
Amen. But there's always somebody looking for somebody that wants to do right and wants to be on the right side of right. Amen. They didn't bow. They didn't bow, so it made Nebuchadnezzar mad. But Nebuchadnezzar loved these boys. Amen. Because because they were godly and they were smart and they were well educated and they had the blessings and the favor of God. So he went to them and he said, hey, I'm going to give you one more chance. And this was their their reply. Amen. In verse number 16 through 18, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. We've thought it out. We've thought about it. We know the consequences. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning, fiery furnace. And He will deliver us out of the hand of the King. But if not, be it known, O King, that we will not serve thy gods. We will not worship the golden image which you have set up. When I don't know what to do, I just do what I know is right to do. Hallelujah. 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 I will tell you today. I will tell you today. Yes, I am concerned. Yes, I am disturbed. Yes, I do take this threat seriously. And no, I'm not trying to defy anybody's orders or anybody's opinions. And coming to church does not mean that you will catch coronavirus. Neither does it mean that you will be exempt from it. Amen. I might catch it. You might catch it. We all might catch it. I might survive. You might survive. I might die. You might die. But let it be known, God is still God. No matter what happens, no matter what takes place, God is still in control. And God has it all in His hands. And it's all according to to God's great plan. Let's worship the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our God is able. Somebody say, our God is able. Our God is able. So devil, when I don't know what to do, I've been trained from a child. When you don't know what to do, you go back to square one. That's prayer. That's fasting. That's dedication to God. That's the house of God. That's all I know how to do. Amen. I've talked, you may be seated. I've talked, I've got to save some voice for the next service, so. But, but I've talked and you've heard me say this from day one, that there will be a run on prescription drugs because of the, the, the cry of the people and what people are facing. People are stressed out. Tensions are high. Amen. Don't, don't get upset when somebody's short with you. It's just the, the hour that we're living in. Amen. These things, tempers will be flaring. But be calm. Let this pass. This too shall pass. And we'll get back to normal. Don't make enemies because of disagreements. But be patient. And be kind. And when this is over, we can walk through our and work through our disagreements and our grievances. But I, I said there would be a run on people turning to drugs to help them 
lose their mind and not think about the world. The president, the president even come out and said the other day that he wants to start the economy up by Easter. And he had a good point. He said, what greater time to start it up than Easter Sunday morning when everything resurrects to life. And then he's been criticized by this. He said, look, we're concerned about the virus. We're concerned about people dying. It's a real threat and no life is, is a life that we can afford to lose. But if if we don't do something, people is going to start taking their lives. Amen. Their hearts will start failing because of fear. Seemed like I read something in the book about that. Because they're losing their income. They're losing their homes. They're losing their jobs. They're losing their families. He said, we have got to do something. And then I heard the criticism that come from those who want him to fail and want the economy to tank and never get up where it might work good for their benefit. Amen. Let's keep our eyes on the prize, saints of God. Let's keep the big picture open. Let's see the whole thing of what's going on here. And when we don't know what to do, house of God is where I get strength. It's where I get peace. It's where I get joy. It's where I get stability in my life. Amen. Amen. I was coming home yesterday. I was listening to Fox News. And while I was listening there, they had a doctor that come on. And he was a, he was a, I call him shrink, whatever, whatever their, their title is. He said, we're trying to make it where they can't come in, but we have a run. We're overcrowded and people's calling. They're needing to talk to a doctor that can help them get through the crisis because they're mentally ill. And we got to do something, so we're going to video feeds to try to do video counseling sessions with these people because their mind is just, just, they're losing their mind because of what go, is going on in the stress of the world. Amen. So people have all of this. I was reading a, a document that was signed into order and it says that a distillery and, 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 and a liquor store can be open. Because that is necessity. And I thought it made me so mad when I, when I read that. It stirred me up. And then I got to thinking, you know, it is a necessity to them that don't know what to do when they don't know what to do. But we know what to do. I don't need a liquor store. Give me the church. I don't need a bottle of pills. Give me the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. If you're at home right now, why don't you worship God together with us? We need God. We need God. We need God. We need the peace of God to rule and reign in our lives. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated. So what did the children of God do? Call me crazy. Call me a wacko. Call me a spiritual fanatic. Call me out of my mind. But I would rather have the church than Walmart. I would rather have the church than the grocery store. I can live without food, but I can't live without God. I can live without pleasure, but I can't live without God. I can live without a job, but I can't live without God. So what I've been taught from a child is when you're sick, when you're in distress, God is the answer. God is the answer. I can hear my old daddy and my mama telling me in my ear, God is faithful. Stand fast. God is faithful. God will not leave His people. God will not forsake His church. 
So if we have to move outside, we have to move outside. But God being my helper, as long as I've got a voice, you can, you can hear me screaming in your living room. You'll hear me screaming outdoors. But I will be preaching the church is a necessity. The church is not an option. I've been taught from a little child that the church is everything. That the church is all we need. That you'll find help. That you'll find strength. That you'll find comfort. That you'll find peace in the church. Yes, I've taken criticism. And really, is what we're doing here as dangerous as walking down the aisles of Walmart? As dangerous as going and putting our hand on a filthy gas pump? I'm... And if you're home today, don't take this as criticism. I'm trying to bring some sanity in the midst of the chaos. And I know I don't, I don't criticize our leaders. Sometimes I don't understand them. But I don't criticize them. They're under pressure. I'm under pressure. We're all trying to do what's best for everybody that's involved. I don't want to transmit this. I don't want you to transmit it. I don't want to get it. I don't want you to get it. I don't want anybody else in the world to get it. It's serious. Hear me. It's serious. But we need to take into consideration, church... We've got to stand fast. We've got to have some resolve. How far are we going to kick the can down the road? Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. That's not, that's a right that we can give up. I tell you today, we're still giving up rights that we will never regain in a lifetime because we're willing to kick the can on down the road. Amen. We need to stand up and say, God, I love you more than anything. I want And when this is all over, I want every member of this congregation to be more faithful to the house of God than you've ever been in your life. Because realizing in a moment's time, it can be taken away from us. We need to come to church and we need to dance. We need to come to church and we need to lift our hands. We need to come to church and we need to run the aisles. We need to come to church and we need to praise and worship God. I'm second guest. Don't think I don't feel the pressure. And I'm second guest by people that's at Walmart and gas stations. We're all as many feet apart as you would like to be this morning. And I pray that God don't let anybody get it. Because I will be criticized beyond belief and without measure. I will make the news, and I don't want to be in the news. But I'm telling you, when I lay in my bed at night, and I don't know what to do, I just do what I know to do. And that's just be true to God. Give up on God? No way. Walk out on God? It's not happening. Say God is not control in control. How foolish. Step away from the church. No, 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 no. Not in this lifetime. Not in my lifetime because that's all I know to do. That's what I've been taught. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. But do you hear the music playing? Oh, yeah. Is it disturbing? Oh, yeah. But I hear that old preacher preaching. God is still going to work. God is still going to move. You can make it, church. You can make it, church. You can make it, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we all stand. Hallelujah. Why don't, why 
why don't there's enough room in here we could just spread out across this front. If you're at home, if you would, stand with us in your house. We're going to pray before we leave this place that God would give every member of this congregation strength. If you're sick in your body, that God would heal you. Disturbed in your mind and your spirit, that God would strengthen you. Because we're turning to what the only thing that we know to turn to. I'm not going to the drugstore. I'm not going to the dealer on the street. I'm not going to the shrink. Not going to the liquor store. But I'm going to the place that when I've been in the most trouble of my life, when I didn't know what to do, I just went back to what I know to do. And that's I just come in here when I didn't feel like dancing. I just know that that dancing will break the chains. When I don't feel like shouting, I just come in here and have a shout party all by myself. Amen. You think, how did Brother Looper preach to such a small crowd? I come in here and dance when nobody's here. I dance to no music. I can dance with or without. Because that's what I've been trained to do. It's my natural instinct. I wish somebody right now that's listening to me at home, if you'd just turn your living room into a shout Holy Ghost party right now. If you'd just dance all over your living room. If you'd run up and down your hallway right now and give God some praise and some glory because God is worthy. He's worthy. I need I trust you. When I don't know oh, I've got the faith you're going to see me through. He supplies all my needs. I lead on you. I lead on you, Lord. I lead on you, Lord. For everything I need, I lead on you. your great name. Thank you for your touch. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your anointing. Thank you for your presence that we can feel in your house. Let's all love him together right now. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you for being in the house of the Lord today. I sent out a text yesterday and I mean this. I mean this. I preach, and I don't want you to take what I said critical that I'm throwing off on people that's not here. I am not. I am not. I am preaching what I feel in the Holy Ghost. I'm preaching something that I hope will help all of us. 
But anyone that doesn't want to come, doesn't feel comfortable with coming, I sent that text out yesterday. Don't come. I want you to feel comfortable with coming. I want you to. I want it to be your idea, not my idea. Amen. I'm under enough pressure. I don't need you criticizing me. So please don't do that. And uh, let's all work through this together. And like I said, I don't know the order of service Wednesday. I don't know the order of service next Sunday. If we have to have an outdoor service, whatever I have to do, we will be having some form of church. So remember that. There will be church some way, uh, whatever we have to do. And uh, so I pray that the Lord bless you, protect us all, keep his hand over us. Lord bless you. we got others that will be coming in.